Vox Quick Hits. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Meredith, what do you think about when you think about a small business? So when I picture a small business, I definitely think of like a nice looking lady behind a counter wearing an apron, (laughs) which is funny because, you know, small business can mean a lot of different things. It's, you know, basically any business that's smaller than 500 people would qualify for a PPP loan and might be considered a small business. But our idea of small business is pretty cozy and pretty specific. And it turns out Americans like it a whole lot. And I know that I'm absolutely one of them. Like, when the pandemic started, I thought a lot about the restaurants in my neighborhood that I love. And I went out of my way to order from them to support them, also to feed myself. There's a taco place around the corner from me, and they're available on a whole bunch of uh, delivery apps. So I would order from them through Seamless or through Uber Eats. And I remember I had I walked over there once because it was super late. It turned out that they weren't actually actively on these platforms, that these platforms had just allowed you to order through them and the orders weren't getting to them and the restaurant was behind. And these bigger companies, these huge delivery app companies, were profiting off of this small business and putting them basically in the weeds. This is a thing that happens a whole lot in America, that bigger businesses like DoorDash or Grubhub or Facebook or Uber or whoever it is, use the idea of small business and our very warm feelings towards small business to make themselves a profit and to make themselves seem like not such total monsters. So our colleague Emily Stewart just wrote about this very topic of how monopolies use the aesthetics of small business while actually screwing them. So major corporations love to tell consumers all the time about how they're actually good for their smaller competitors. What are some ways that they like to phrase that kind of sentiment? Essentially, saying that you're an ally to small business is a good marketing tactic. And we see that all of the time, and I think we especially saw it during the pandemic. Big companies really wanted to let us know the ways that they were helping the little guy. Whether it be Facebook, which would tell us they were giving millions of dollars to small businesses, were helping them reach customers during the pandemic. You have... Uber and all of the restaurant delivery companies saying, you know, look, we are keeping these small restaurants alive. It looks really good. And I think sometimes what you don't see, obviously, is what is going on behind that, that these guys aren't exactly best friends with the little restaurant around the corner. So what's the truth? Are they good for small business? I mean, to a certain extent, It's true that a lot of small businesses are on Facebook's platform, for example, reaching customers, advertising, etc. But I think what's more important to think about here is that big business is really good at making these small businesses reliant on them in a way that they can really set the rules of the road. If Facebook, Google, Amazon are the only way to reach customers, then you have to go by their rules. 
So what does that look like? When you think about food delivery, there are really just four companies that kind of run the whole restaurant delivery sector. So Uber Eats, Grubhub, Postmates, and DoorDash. And so if you're a restaurant, you have to go through them. So whatever commissions they want to charge, you have to pay them. Whatever rules they want to make, you have to abide by them. And and one expert I talked to for this story that I just wrote about this kind of described big businesses as almost uh, like their own governments. They get to set their own taxes and tolls and make their own rules and regulations if you want to use them. So they're middlemen, but they're middlemen that are that there aren't other middlemen competing with them. And it really does feel like their mantra, you know, we know the Silicon Valley mantra of move fast and break things, but that's not really what's going on anymore. It's kind of grow as fast and big as you can so that you can ask, act as a gatekeeper and make others kind of bend to your will. And we know that these companies also keep competition away as well. I, a prime example here is, you know, think of Facebook that uh, wanted to buy Snapchat what failed to buy Snapchat, and so copied Snapchat. And they do these sorts of things all the time. Why do you think Americans, you know, love this idea of the small business? And I mean, like, is this idea of the mom and pop shop used against us? You know, it's really part of this sort of pull yourself up by your bootstraps mantra that we have in the United States. This American dream that if you're an entrepreneur, you can make it on your own. And one thing that I I saw recently, which kind of blew my mind, was that there's this Gallup poll that showed that Americans have more institutional confidence in small business than they do the medical system, public schools, churches, and even the military. So, like, Americans love to love small business. But that is what makes it such a powerful political and economic tool. I think we've seen this play out quite a bit recently in some discussions around the minimum wage or unemployment. Now, this is not to say that small businesses necessarily want to pay a higher minimum wage, but the Business Roundtable came out against a $15 federal minimum wage, saying that would hurt small business. The Business Roundtable does not represent small business. It represents the biggest (laughs) companies in the country. Like, they're looking out for themselves, you know? Like, I'm sorry, but, like, the CEO of of these giant corporations does not really care about these small companies, but they also don't want to pay a $15 minimum wage, or at least a lot of them don't. To be fair, some of them do. Um, And you constantly see this stuff around, like, environmental regulations or banking regulations. Like, oh, if you do this, it's going to hurt the little guy because the big guys can get around the corporate or the big guys can get around the regulations, but the small guys can't. And, like, it's the big companies that are saying this, too. So, Emily, if America loves small business so much and they're getting so much help from these big corporations, why is it so difficult for a small business to succeed? Well, it's always hard to start a business, right? We know that most small businesses fail. About one in five small businesses in the U.S. fail in the first year, half fail within the first five. Um, It's not easy to run your own company. That being said, you know, I think a lot of people will tell you that some of it at least has to do with, with the big guys really working to keep them out. There's a lot of concentration across a lot of industries in the U.S., and it's in places where you think about it, where it's places where it's not. I think one prime example for me is that the cheerleading industry, for example, is really highly concentrated, which like, what? Why? But it's really everywhere. And so I think what sort of has happened is that we have seen this increase in market concentration 
And that makes it harder and harder for newer entrants to get in there because these these companies, I mean, you can take like an Uber and a Lyft, for example, 10, 15 years ago, they were they were new startups, right? They now basically have a cartel over the entire driving apps industry. So I think that we just see is that these businesses grow and then they they push people out and then they make it really hard for them to succeed because who wants to maybe invest in, in a startup that is going to have to compete with one of these behemoths? So I have a very um, econ 101 question, which is we know that we have, you know, a handful of monopolies in a lot of different industries and it makes it really hard for small businesses to work without them. Why is that bad? (laughs) I mean, there are people that will tell you that big is good, that they're stable jobs, um, you know, that we want them to innovate. And if they're putting their money towards innovation, that's good in R&D. There are people who who will make this argument. I think that the argument that I would sometimes make in counter to that, or at least something to think about, is that we want businesses to compete with each other because we want them to give us the best services. Like, I only have one internet provider, right? And my internet sucks. And I think that if I had two, maybe they would have to to give me like a slightly better deal than I'm getting. And we see all sorts of ways that they just kind of screw other companies over. Amazon will copycat sellers. So basically, I start making, I don't know, toothbrushes or whatever. And then Amazon notices that my toothbrushes are taking off. And suddenly Amazon has its own version of the toothbrush, which ranks higher than I do and kind of will shut people down. You see in Apple's App Store, where basically if you want to be a developer in their App Store, you have to follow by their rules. You have to pay them a lot of money to be in their App Store. And so I think what we see is that we talk about this also from the consumer perspective, but it's not just from the consumer perspective. It's also their suppliers. It's also their workers. If you work in a town where one company owns all the hospitals, let's say, and you're a nurse, one company is deciding what sort of money you can make there. And so I think the problem isn't necessarily that big corporations themselves exist. And and again, like they can provide lovely products and services, but it isn't good if they're keeping everyone else down and if they get to the point where they don't have to kind of try to innovate, to try to be better. And we see this again with Uber and Lyft. Now they're charging us a bunch of money for rides because they don't really have to compete with anybody else because they can. When it feels like we're fighting this like losing war against all of these companies, how are we supposed to address this? This is hard. And, you know, we see all the time these things saying to, to shop small business, go to small businesses. But the fact of the matter is there's only so much that you can do. Not saying that you shouldn't shop small businesses, but like you are not going to save the restaurant industry by calling the the Chinese restaurant instead of going through seamless. But a lot of it really has to do with government policy. We've seen a lot of lax antitrust enforcement over the past several decades. So these companies have been able to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I think a lot of it just comes down to, to a certain extent, enforcing the laws that are on the books um, and maybe interpreting the laws a little bit differently. We really have seen antitrust policy so much through the lens of the consumer in recent years that there are people out there, including Lena Khan, who's the new chair of the FTC, who who say maybe we should look at some other things, like what are big companies doing to communities, to workers, to suppliers. And we are seeing some legislation 
In New York, legislation has been introduced in the state legislature that aims to put in place this sort of abusive dominance standard so that if you are a dominant player, you kind of can't make life so terrible for the smaller players. And that did just pass the state Senate. But, you know, it's tricky. Again, it's one where you can only do so much on your own. And maybe the best thing that you can do is is call your senator and sort of pay attention to what's going on at, at the policy level and regulatory level. Totally. Emily, thank you so much for uh, explaining all that to us. Thanks for having me. Emily Stewart is a senior reporter at The Goods by Vox, and you can read more of her work on Vox.com. <laughs> 